Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Companion Pod, your podcast companion for the 2003 hit show, The O.C. My name is Sean. And I'm Tiff. And today, Tiff, what episode are we talking about down in, uh, in Newport? We are on episode five, yeah. The Outsider. The Outsider aired first on September 2nd, 2003. And 9.1 million people tuned in to watch. And I was not one of them. And I was. I was one of them. <laughs> um, so we are at episode five. Before we jump in, I I do just want to... This this whole season is 27 episodes long. I know. And as I this was setting all of, our, all of our microphones up, all of our, our two microphones up and just getting everything ready, I've, I realize it's kind of a little bit like a marathon yes so we're in like our fifth mile of the marathon we have both run a marathon and usually by the fifth mile like the excitement from starting the race has kind of waned you're you know like the crowds have thinned out maybe it depends on where you are not even crowds you're all about the crowds even just like your internal (laughs) intrinsic motivation to have run a marathon you're very excited you're like 40 minutes in you've hit a couple water stations maybe you're having your first little goo and uh, you're like why did I do this? That's how I felt last episode with episode four. Yeah. Wasn't a great episode. Maybe the writers were thinking, why did we do this? Cause it just wasn't great. This episode did give me like a little bit of that. Like you get a, maybe a high five for someone in the crowd or, uh, you know, you get your little boost of energy from your goo gel, but this marathon, this is going to be a long marathon. We're going to hit some different points, Tiff. And, uh, this definitely feels like one that gave me a little bit of a boost. I, knowing what happens in this episode, I am so curious at the moments that you're running in your marathon that are giving you this boost. I want to know what moments in this episode. Great. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I, we'll I, I'm them. going to ask you some questions later as we as we go through our scenes. Okay. But before we do, uh, you you typically challenge yourself and me to a two sentence summary. Yep. And last week's episode, it wasn't that challenging because not very much happened. However, in episode five, there is so much that happens. I had a very hard time sticking to the two sentence maximum. You say that every week. That's true. I tend to be a wordy writer anyway, but what is your two sentence summary? All right, here we go. Ryan feels guilty for mooching off the Coens, so he gets a job and meets Donnie from Corona who ends up causing a bit of trouble at Holly's beach house. Meanwhile, Julie goes away with Kirsten and the girls while Jimmy tries to untangle his financial mess with the help of Sandy. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. That's what I did. Mine's basically the same. Ryan gets a job at the Crab Shack in Newport and starts hanging with a coworker from a similar background, which causes Seth to feel a bit left out and ultimately ultimately leads to disaster. <laughs> Meanwhile, Julie Cooper is considering a divorce while on a spa weekend with Kirsten, and Jimmy Cooper comes to terms with his options thanks to Sandy's reality check. Yeah. Good. All right. Yep. Pretty much that's that sums it up. All right. We're done. Let's finish the episode right now. Let's go ahead. Okay. So um, what would you have named the episode? So I have two names. Of course. You know, one doesn't really follow my rule of you can't give anything, you don't want to give something away from the episode. Mm. Uh, but it felt like a, a real softball. I, Donnie's got a gun. Oh my! I almost I. Okay, so that was one of that was one of mine. Okay. The other one I had was yep. 
and I, I wonder if I'm going to beat you to this. It's all fun and games till someone gets shot. Oh, no. That's great, too. <laughs> you could even just do it's all fun and games. Dot, and, dot, dot. Yeah, and, and dot, dot, dot. What's your uh, second one? Um, It's not great. Julie's Choice. Oh, Julie's Choice. Yeah, she has to decide between... That's how the episode ends. Staying with Jimmy or leaving Jimmy. Yeah. Um, my, my second one was Lifestyles of the Rich and Wayward. Ooh. Is that that's a good phrase? Put that on a T-shirt. Is it? I like that phrase. I, okay, because yeah. I was like, they're not famous, but they are a bit wayward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it could be like that's. We had a lot going on. You know, we had a spa weekend. We had uh, a securities trader, like <laughs> you know, yeah, dealing with Bankruptcy his financial mess and liquidation and. You know, then we had a kid from Corona going, having, there's like a rager party in Corona that they attend. And then there's, yeah. you know, a, a Range Newport, Rover gets destroyed. A Range Rover, then a Newport Beach party. Yeah. There where someone gets shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely took like an after school, like one of those after school program. Yes. Uh, I, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, you know, so-and-so does drugs and here's why you should do drugs. Exactly. Yeah. A harsh lesson to be yeah. learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I like uh lifestyles of the rich wait, and wayward. That's a, that's a good one. What, um, wait, what do you think would have been the after school special theme? What was the lesson here? Well, it was, I mean, it was, it would have been around the gun. Oh yeah. Don't, don't hang out with people that bring guns to parties. Yeah, I guess that would be. Do you that think Seth? Like do you the, think Seth made the right call when he no, saw the gun? Made the, oh, made, when he saw the gun by calling his friend, calling Ryan. Yeah, calling his other his his, his troublemaker friend and <laughs> cock blocking him again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, yeah. He made the right call. He made yeah. the right call. The in a in an after school show, the gun would have showed up a lot earlier. Uh yes, you know, yes, and yes. the drama would have been a little bit longer, and <laughs> yeah. you know, Seth would have been really worried about. This guy Donnie, who suddenly is roaming around with a gun, maybe maybe he sees the gun at like the crab shack, <laughs> you know, and he's like, Ryan, you should be hanging out with this guy. He's got he's bringing a gun to work. And then my dad's a lawyer. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Remember how you got here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Favorite scenes. We always try to pick out a, a few scenes we like, which helps us just talk in general about the show, and then also maybe some some uh, quotes that we uh, that stand out as well. If they weren't a scene we didn't necessarily like. So what scenes stood out to you or do you have one that you want to nominate first? I have a, yeah, I have a few. I did enjoy, even though it's not really a a scene with dialogue, I enjoyed the opening scene to the spoon song. I thought that the the opening scene had had really nice visuals of just Newport beaches, uh, you know, people skateboarding, the The pier, the pier, like boardwalk kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. I thought that was really just a good it reminded me of the scene in the second episode where Ryan and Seth and Marissa are riding to the diner. Yes. And I can't remember what song they're listening, what song is playing in that. Um, but another kind of good little. Also scene. just a good song. Yeah. What's, I can't remember what song was playing for that one. That's what I was, I couldn't remember. I can't oh, remember. I, I was just more talking about this episode. Oh, the this, spoon yeah. Song. The spoon song is great. Um, and the spoon songs title is the way we get by. Which was, a, we get which was a college staple in my dorm room and my uh, senior house, for sure. Um, yes. My buddy Chris loved that song. <laughs> so one of this, so talking about a scene with dialogue, I really enjoyed the scene with Sandy and Jimmy 
when they're playing video games. Yep. I've got this one down so we can talk about it. Okay. Uh, I know I'm skipping ahead here, but That's okay. this is the scene. So this is when Sandy and Jimmy are kind of are like not talking specifically about Jimmy's financial troubles anymore. They've taken a break. They're playing video games. They're they relaxing. had steaks and beers. Yeah. They're guy like, stuff. They're being, it's like a guy's night. They're yeah. hanging out. The girls are away on a spa weekend. financial crises. <laughs> you know what guys do. And, <laughs> and Jimmy says to Sandy... Are we old? Because if I didn't know better, I'd swear I was still 16. And Sandy says, oh, I'm still 22. It was the best year of my life. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy says, why 22? Sandy says, it's when I met Kirsten. Why 16? It's when I met Kirsten. Yeah. Which is like, and then they just look at each other. And that scene ends. And then the scene just ends. There's yeah. nothing. They go, we go to Ryan or but whatever else is next. I can't remember. What a great way to set up. First of all, just to also kind of it, it really jimmy just seems like he's like a smart guy he's clearly a smart guy he has a series seven license whatever that Not is for I long guess, i know right it's <laughs> gone now but he had he it had it he had it he was he's obviously a very smart guy but he always comes off as like a little bit naive or kind of aloof or just i don't know how like dopey or like a like a teenager so him saying, I still swear, I swear I'm still 16. Mm-hmm. And, and also associating that with meeting his high school girlfriend. Yep. Who's now his next door neighbor. Right. right. We kind of unpack that a little bit with Kirsten and Julie. Yeah. As well, this episode. It, it's just, yeah, you just are like, okay, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Now I understand Jimmy better. Yeah. That adds up. There is a... There is, there are, there will be moments we've already had, and also moments that we will have when we get further into the show, where Jimmy just says really stupid stuff that he doesn't really have to say. He's just a bozo. He's like a, he's just a little bit of a bozo, and that's the word I wrote in my notes when I wrote down that bit about that scene because he didn't have to say that. He didn't. He didn't and that's have also, to say that's a it. Weird and there's thing moments to say to 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 Kirsten's husband. That's what I mean. He did like any normal adult would just be like, uh, I don't know. It was just, I just really liked being 16. You know, like you could say anything that wouldn't threaten the guy who you're sitting next to, right. who's helping you in this moment. It's just so strange. But he does that. There's all these little lines that he does that just that are just like they just float out into the open. You're like Jimmy. Just keep your mouth shut. What are you doing? Why are you still in love with your high school girlfriend? So anyways, I had that scene too. I thought it was a great scene. We've had a couple scenes with just the video games anyways, which are kind of, which are kind of funny. Male bonding. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another scene that you have? Um, Then, you know, the flip side of that is we're at the spa weekend with the ladies. Yep. And... This, I think, is probably my favorite scene of the entire episode. It's the scene where Kirsten just goes off on all of the women. They had been spending the whole weekend together. The other ladies had been trying to convince Julie to divorce uh, Jimmy. And Kirsten is like, you know what? You had a $500 a day coke habit in college. You hire a Guatemalan family and pay them less than minimum wage to do your housework for you. And 
I don't know what the other person's issue was, but it was like she just called out. Her husband out. slept with the secretary. Right, right. There's the other that. One. Her husband cheated on one of them. Yeah. Your husband had an affair. You have a five hundred dollar take. That was habit. just sophomore year, Tiff. <laughs> that cocaine habit was just <laughs> right, sophomore what a year. Ridiculous line. <laughs> Oh my and God. Kirsten said it was a $500 a week Coke habit. A day. She used the phrase per diem, which I thought was very business-like. Yeah. Um, we took Latin. We know that that means per a day. day. Yeah. Seize the day. Carpe <laughs> diem as well. So, yeah, that was okay, a great scene. DM. I, yeah. That would have been a good title. <laughs> it would have meant nothing to the episode, but it would have been a good title. I, yeah. So I don't know why. I think I just, I appreciated the fact that the women clearly respect Kirsten as a member of high society in Newport. She's one of the wealthiest women in Orange County. Uh, she comes from a very prestigious family. And here she is just completely calling out everyone's bullshit. And essentially saying, I think, I mean, I, I think the message was he without sin throw the first stone kind of right. Yeah. Like you guys are basically roasting Jimmy and making Julie feel like she absolutely has to leave him. And that's not the case. I mean, you guys all have, you guys all had major problems or you had your marriage had a problem. Yep. And yep. I, I just think. You know, she's. I love Kirsten, Kirsten bringing the realness to this crazy, over-the-top show. I really appreciated it because I also felt like, as the viewer, you kind of want to. Obviously, we didn't know that background information about those random characters, but like as the viewer, you sometimes find yourself being like, "But you have this issue, and you have that issue, and who are you to, you know?" Yeah. So she kind of took that on for the viewer, and I don't know. I really appreciated it. Um, yeah. And then of course my, one of my favorite quotes then that follows that Julie's trying to say to Kirsten, listen, you, you got a, you dated him. And I clearly, I, I'm reminded of the fact that he still cares about you because I have, we have your prom picture still hanging in our, 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 our living room, but I'm the one who ended up marrying him. Right. And she says, who knew that when he knocked me up, it'd be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yep. Yeah. Now he's my problem. Yep. And there was, yeah, Uh, that's a great, that's another great scene. It kind of builds up because they're at the pool a scene or two earlier and they tell Julie they've got a great lawyer and uh, that she should, she should divorce Jimmy. And the divorce thing comes kind of out of the blue, to be perfectly honest, but yeah, that's a reality check situation. <laughs> right. Um, so a couple scenes that I liked, I had that sauna scene as well, and I had written that quote, and the $500 Coke habit quote I thought was also great, <laughs> so I, wrote, I, had, I had recorded that It was just that sophomore year. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, I had, let's see, Seth ha- going to hang out with Ryan after his first day at work. Oh. And... Like rolls up on his skateboard and tries to, you know, play it like, oh, I'm just, I was just kind of around the area and noticed it was six o'clock and thought I'd see uh, what you want to do now that you're out of work. And in comes Donnie, who's uh, strangely very nice to Seth <laughs> and is just like, yeah, we're going to a party. You want to come? And Seth says he isn't going to, you know, says so like, now you go, you go hang out with your corona buddy you've probably got a lot to catch up on well that's actually both from the same that's actually town or 
the neighboring towns. One of the sweetest, because sometimes Seth says things that are that you're like, oh, that's precious. And it's when he, it's basically when Ryan is saying to Seth, oh yeah, this guy, he grew up kind of in a town next, next to me. Um, and we're just going to go to this party. And Seth says, wow, you guys must have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like they like no, they just are from kind of crappy towns yep. that are close to each other. Yeah, very in, very uh well, you, must have, just, you guys must have a lot of catching up to do. That bubble again. <laughs> you know, everything everyone outside the bubble knows each other cuz everyone inside the bubble knows each other. Right. You know what I mean? So it's the same mentality. Oh, you you're both from the same other bubble, then you must just know you must know each other enough to need to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I liked that scene. Um I liked the scene with the Range Rover the morning after just because I think it's very relatable for most teenagers just having something that was completely out of their control happen, but they have to be the ones who are accountable for it. Like Seth obviously was dumb to drive his Range Rover to this that part, part of town. Yeah, in that part of town. Um, although. I think Seth said at one point, it's Long Beach, not Chechnya. (laughs) (laughs) So the rhythm of the episode, um, Ryan goes to a party with Donnie and Seth doesn't go. Yep. And then the next night, Ryan has a date with Marissa and Donnie has another party to go to and invites Seth because Seth happens to be again at the Crab Shack at the end of the show. But that was a counter offer to Seth's offer of going to an IMAX. Going to an IMAX movie. because, you know, this town sucks. Um, and so Donnie invites Seth and Ryan goes with Seth and they bring the Range Rover and they park it like, you know, around the block like that's any better than leaving it right next to the house. Yeah, Ryan bails on Marissa. Hoping, for, hoping oh. to go back. His yes. plan is like, we'll go for an hour and then the car gets destroyed. And the next morning, they have to explain it. And and Kirsten is away. And Sandy's just kind of like, this happened in the IMAX movie theater. Because <laughs> that was still their story. Right. Um, and, and so I just, I liked that scene. Because I think every teenager can just, like the morning after something really stupid happened. And you're like, ah, this happened, but it really wasn't my fault. Uh-huh. The thing that was my fault was just making a choice to, do something that was adjacent to this thing that happened. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I liked I thought that scene was funny. And then the scene when Kirsten comes home and is like, what happened to the what happened to the Range Rover? And Sandy just goes, Seth can explain. <laughs> and that's that's it. <laughs> so, uh, so did you scene. ever have a situation where your car ended up damaged and you had to explain it or your parents' car? Um, my parents' car. Actually, it didn't happen far from where we are sitting right now, but Uh-oh. I was a teenager. Um, I drove my car to the your, Cambridge side. Yours? Or no, you? sorry. My mom, like my mom's, she, we had like a Ford Explorer, mm-hmm. the kind of a big clunky SUV. And I drove it into Cambridge and I parked in the Cambridge side Galleria yep. in that garage, which is very tight. Is it though? It is you when you get the um and you get in the area where there's like the there's beams. Oh, okay. You know, not it's not everywhere it's, that's tight, but yeah, I parked. Yeah, it's kind of a roomy garage. I parked in next to one of those white beams. I see. I got you. I got you. And the car and I was parked and like someone came along and parked next to me on the other side. So I had like car beam, and I did the whole like I'm gonna look out my rear out my back window as I'm reversing and I cut the wheel too hard and the I just like the front. 
left oh, no. part of the car just nailed nailed the uh, the beam. And I just lied to my parents. So that you came like, out I don't and know it was what, like that? I, I was like, I don't know what happened. I must have got sideswiped when I was parked. Yep, that, that was my... That oh, was my, no. Uh, and I, so here, here I am uh, laying it out all in my podcast now. But yes, that happened, you know. <laughs> a ten minute walk from where we were sitting right oh my now. Gosh. When it's, I was it is it is such a relatable. Years old. I I did it to my car. I had something happen to my car like two weeks after I got it, and it was kind of a newer car. I mean, it wasn't brand new. Of course, my parents aren't ridiculous. I had like a. It was like two years old. Yep. It was a used car, but it was this, it was a cute little coupe and it was black, and I was out. I was driving it, and I accidentally. Like it was also, um, let's just say it was a Saturn. And so the front, the, it was made of plastic essentially. Mm -hmm. So the little corner panel on the front, I ran into something and it cracked. So it was just like a cracked panel above my like driver's side, um, we, you know, wheel. And it was like that for probably a month and a half. And then my dad noticed it because it was parked in the driveway and he was going up to the house and he was like, wait a second, what, what did you crack? This, what, what happened here? And I was like, oh, I think that just happened when I was parked at work. Yeah. In the parking lot at work. And I just like, just said, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, wasn't me. I was parked and I just came out and I didn't notice it right yep. away. Yep. The old <laughs> so, shaggy uh, defense. It wasn't, it wasn't me. me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. So our story is a little different than Seth's because Seth really ha- just didn't do anything. Oh, but and also I would love to know what the spray the paint party. said. Didn't it say some like crude message? Yeah, and I also don't know how they. Maybe this is another reality check. How did they get it home? Because it was right. like this windshield was spray painted that they call a tow company. They get must. Towed? Yeah, they never clarified that in the story. That's a, anyways. That's a whole. Yeah, that I liked that scene. Um, and then, obviously, the only other scene left to talk about is the we is, have to discuss is it. the gun scene is Holly's beach party again. Can Holly stop Holly. having? <laughs> parties at the beach house so let's um let's just quickly we've had a fashion show we've had a debutante ball Mm -hmm. we've had a we've had three holly beach parties are we sure it's only three i think this is the fourth one this is the fourth one it's just like the go-to go-to party wasn't there one in the there was one in the pilot Mm -hmm. that's the one where you know i um there was one after the debutante ball there was one I feel like there was another one before. I think there was one before the debutante ball. That was okay. Yeah, there was the one after. There was the one before where Summer's trying to trade her date. Remember yeah. Holly's kebabbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. There's just, just so many I parties. I just think there's way too many parties. So at this particular party, this is where she's realizing that Luke and Marissa are not doing so great. So she decides. Holly. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about Holly. I'm talking about Holly. Holly realizes that Luke and Marissa are not doing so great. Yep. So she's like, oh, I'm going to seduce Luke, which is not hard. No. So they end up hooking up. And while they're hooking up now, meanwhile, um, Seth, for some reason, has decided to just walk in with Donnie and his buddy. Yeah. No idea where the buddy came from either. Uh, Random buddy. Bad uh, bleach hair, hair dye job. Yep. And just looks like trouble. And they just walk in and they like, it's like, at first I'm like, oh, they're just there to take over all the snacks and take over like. And maybe, you know, sn- just maybe snipe a honey. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Smack on some girls. Mac on some ladies. Yeah, yeah. Mac yeah. on some ladies. Well, he tries to he tries to hit on Summer, which yep. Summer's response is so ridiculous. Yep. But Summer Summer recognizes him from the crab shack and she calls him out for being a busboy and just says, Ew and walks away. Yeah. Yeah. She actually calls him bus. She says, Ew, aren't you the busboy? And like Everyone laughs because it's hilarious. I guess right. he has to work a job. <laughs> I know. These people are the worst. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, random. Yeah. And then she walks away after, and then he gets all in a huff about it and decides to show Seth that he's got a gun. Yep. <sighs> Meanwhile, they break a blender, which alerts Holly that something. And takes- a bottle of booze. Oh, yes. That was the first one. Which alerts Holly as she's looking up with Luke. Oh, yep. so that sounds expensive. I better go check it out. Yep, that $10 bottle of vodka. Right? Yep. And that Hamilton Beach uh, blender is really that expensive. It's $20 at most. Yep. Well, she saw that one happen. Yeah. She was already downstairs by the time the, the Hamilton Beach blender was shattered. Also, Donnie, just show a little bit of remorse, buddy. Yeah, that's all just, it takes. I mean, was he as... Is he as much of a lightweight as he looked in this whole scene? Because it didn't look like they he's had. He's carrying a gun, but then it didn't look like he was drinking that much. They're just throwing food around like a bunch of fools. Yeah, they're uh, making messes. He's yeah. He seems relatively coherent for what he was threatening to do at the party. Anyways, so he shows Seth the gun. You can uh, keep going with this. <laughs> so he gives Seth a peep at the gun. Oh yeah. And Seth is immediately like. Okay, that's my cue to call Ryan. Mm-hmm. Calls Ryan. Ryan's in the middle of hanging out with Marissa. So again, he feels interrupted with his plans with Marissa. He tells Marissa he's got to go to Holly's house and pick up Seth. He doesn't know why because Seth doesn't really explain. So he goes. And Marissa doesn't want to go. Marissa does not want to go and be there. Good call, Marissa. And then, yeah, essentially Ryan shows up and I can't even remember how it all unfolds. It all happens so quickly. Luke comes downstairs. Right. After his boner goes away. Yeah, yeah. He needed time for that yep. to, to go down. Yep. And 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 then he confronts Donnie or says something to Donnie, or maybe Donnie starts it. I don't even Don, remember. Donnie starts it. Donnie says, Oh, look who it is. Is it Abercrombie? <laughs> or are you Fitch? <laughs> that's, Actually, that's how that, that is started. an amazing <laughs> what an amazing early two thousands diss. Yeah, it's so good. Is it Abercrombie or oh, are look you who Fitch? It is. It's Abercrombie. Or are you Fitch? And that really, you know, got Luke's blood boiling. And we all know that the only thing easier than seducing Luke is is uh convincing him to fight you. Yeah. He <laughs> will the, quickly just, throw a punch. He is just your classic caveman. Yeah. <laughs> He wants sex and he wants to fight. He wants to fight. That's all he wants. And yep. food occasionally. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so what I do appreciate and what I remember about the scene is that Donnie says something to Seth like, doesn't this guy, this is after he pulls the gun out, I think. He pulls the gun out, like holds it like sideways like a gangster, which is not the appropriate way to even hold a gun. Oh, says Miss Midwest. Well, I mean, I'm just There's saying. There's so like, many different ways to hold a gun. There are, I guess, but like realistically, I just don't think that was a smart move. So He's he a gangbanger, Tiff. Okay. He's Donnie the gangbanger. Donnie the gangbanger from Corona. He, <laughs> who works he, at the Crab Shack. Who <laughs> works at the Crab Shack. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a whole episode himself. Oh, yeah. His spinoff. I want a Johnny spinoff. Yeah, so he he's holding the gun and he looks over to Seth like, "Don't you hate this guy? He's so mean to you." And Seth says, 
Seth says, do you want to, do you have it written down? No. Oh, Seth says, uh, yeah. He has, he has some flaws. He has some flaws. <laughs> he's got some shortcomings or something like that. I thought I wrote it down. He says he's flawed. Yes, he's yeah, flawed. Yeah. yeah, he's flawed. Um, yeah, that was a great, that was it a great was little so line. great. It was basically like, he's got a gun pulled on Luke and he's like, Seth, don't you hate this guy? Yeah, he says, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's flawed. He's got flaws. Um, <laughs> yep, but he's holding the gun. And, and Ryan is trying to calm him down. Ryan comes in at the appropriate time and is trying to like de-escalate the situation, which is not working. And then Ryan swiftly moves to get the gun away from Donnie. Of course, Donnie fires and hits Luke in the arm. Yep. Chekhov's rule. If you're going to show the gun, it's got to be fired. You got to fire. Really? Okay. Who's Chekhov? Remind me. It's the playwright. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You show the gun the first act. Of course, they really squeezed it into just one three minute scene right you show the gun and then it just gets fired I mean, the scene, so much happened in the scene that i couldn't even really keep track i stopped taking notes because i was like there's so much happening right now yeah well and ryan gets there before he knows there's a gun on donnie right he's donnie's like yo ryan what's up my homie <laughs> right and luke's like oh of course you know this guy and he starts kind of talking both of them and that's what escalates it to donnie pulling the gun out and basically you know being like I'm going to show you that I'm who's like, who's the, who, whatever, who's the bitch now kind of thing. Yeah. Now that I have a gun. Well, of course the person without the gun is going to be the bitch. You have a gun. Right. Um, you brought a gun to a knife fight. You brought a gun to a beach party. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what are we doing here? You brought a gun to you a beach a party. gun to a beach party at Holly's house. <laughs> We're at the most. Luke was just going to slap you around. Yep. Yeah. And you probably would have taken him. Donnie probably could have taken everyone in that party by himself. Yeah. Yeah. So he shoots him in the arm and then that kind of leads to the, the, you know, Marissa, Ryan calls Marissa, Marissa goes to the hospital and suddenly we have the sense of like, Oh man, Marissa still likes Luke or this is, well, gonna, this is, this yeah. is a little bit more this, serious. Ryan actually, he, he makes a point to call Marissa to tell Marissa to go. Yeah. But then, but then when she shows up and Ryan's like, do you want me to go up with you? And she says, no, it might be a while. And yeah. we are kind of like, oh, Ryan lost his chance because Seth brought Donnie to the party. Yes. <laughs> like that's Which the is whole also, thing. but also makes me, this made me feel so bad for Ryan because he is going to get blamed for this whole mess just by being associated with Donnie. Because everyone's like, oh, is this, like even Marissa at the hospital is like, is this one of your, was this guy one of your friends? Yeah. And Ryan was nervous about that because he's, all it could take is one dumb thing and he's back in in trouble right um, but Ryan didn't do anything wrong you can't go to jail because your friends bring guns to a house party <laughs> right um and it leads to then probably the, the the next greatest scene of this all which is Seth and Ryan sitting together at the hospital waiting room discussing why maybe it's not such a great idea that they separate from yeah, each other they right. should stick together, together. Or we're separate, we're, we're together, we're invincible, but separately, people, people get, get shot. shot. <laughs> when you get separated, people get shot. Yeah, so that was another, that's how the, that's the, that's how the episode ends. Um, so you, I, I gave the marathon uh, analogy at the start. Yeah. How does the house party scene not just get you amped up? That scene, that whole, that whole it thing It made was me so, so anxious. Good. I, when I, it was so as good. I was watching it, I was so nervous for all of like what was about to happen also forgetting that this was a teenager show yeah but 
yeah, that whole scene was like, whoa, we have a guy who is completely unpredictable here. Donnie. Yeah, he's a wild card. He is the wild, wild card. card Donnie. Too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one episode, Donnie. <laughs> and for that reason, Donnie wins my episode. Oh, Donnie wins the episode. Without Donnie in this episode, we have another dud. Anna last week, Donnie this week. They he figured brought, out they need to just sprinkle in a little bit of outside stuff. I mean, this was called The Outsider. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's he's the winner. The Donnie, Outsider brings trouble. Donnie won the episode for me. Who won it for you? Uh, I put Kirsten. Kirsten was another one I thought about. Because Kirsten, Kirsten was the one who was like, I'm not taking any of this crap. You guys have all been insane and ridiculous. And she also gives... Julie, the most compelling argument for staying with Jimmy, which is he did the right thing. The honorable thing. The honorable thing. He did the honorable thing for you back when you were pregnant. It's your turn to do the honorable thing for him. Yeah. So that was a great scene where they're all they're in their limo going. Everyone gets dropped off and it's super awkward because the last two in the limo are. Well, they live right next to each other. They live next to each other. So they're sitting there and they start talking and Kirsten apologizes for maybe overstepping her bounds. And then Julie says, Kirsten didn't even have to say to Julie all of the stuff about that, you know, like he did the right thing. It was Julie saying it all. And Julie's like, when I was 16, he did the honorable thing. He married me. He didn't have to. And then all Kirsten has to say is, and now it's your turn to do the honorable thing Mm -hmm. and then she goes home and jimmy gives her the gives her the choice we can sell the home we can do all this stuff and we can kind of like start over or you can i can go to jail and you can yeah see me in eight to ten years see me in eight to ten years because i have to go to jail but i can do this where i don't have to go to jail but we have to sell everything off yeah um and then julie chooses divorce (laughs) julie chooses divorce that's her choice yes um Music. Yeah, so any 2021 hindsight, we've got a few last little bits and pieces here that you Oh, that you no, found. I actually you closed your laptop. You're like ready to you're ready to go. <laughs> 2021 hindsight, I actually couldn't I was so focused on all the other little plot points. I didn't really na- like hone in on any 2021 hindsight. Okay, I've got some. Okay, great. So we can Let's we discuss. can just talk about them. Okay, first one. Um not really any sort of in-depth and also maybe more 2020 than if we watched this in 2019. Donnie and the fist pump (laughs) is just so good. He fist pumps everybody and he's doing it while a little fashion drop. He's got like a wristband on his forearm. He's got like a a skinny wristband. No, just a wrist, like like a a sweatband, like a sweatband on his wrist. But everyone he's like, yo, give me, I'll be back in five minutes. And he just, he's like little, and he just puts his fist up. Like it's COVID times. It was 2003. Um, I it was SARS was, times. It was great. It was it was perfect. Another, a quote. Another. Those kids are mad dogging me. Was a quote that was used. I can't. I didn't write who wrote it or who said it, but that was a. Uh, it was a definitely 20, Donnie. I think it was. Um, mad dogging. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. He's like giving me like the stink eye almost kind of thing. Um, so those that was a quote that stood out to me. There was some weird gender role stuff in here, just as far as a couple scenes. Dad's credit card. Yeah. Um, which was Marissa and Summer hanging out on the beach. 
Yeah, it's and, Mar- and Marissa Summer was, was like, like, I can't do anything because my dad's credit card's been uh, turned I'll, off. And then, and then Summer's like, well, call Luke. It's like, who are the men we can call for money? Right. <laughs> Which, and that, then Summer is like, I have money, actually. Why don't I'll just pay? Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's nice of you, Summer. What a friend. <laughs> right. The third person is you who might spend money on Marissa. Um, and there's like the other weird little gender drops were Sandy and Jimmy when they're eating, they're like making steak and having beers and they're both. Oh yeah. You know, Jimmy's saying I haven't had a steak in forever cause I live with vegetarians. Like you can still have a steak if you just, just do it. You're, what are you doing? What right. are you complaining about the women in your life being vegetarians? You can do, you could eat something, Jimmy. Are you, are you eating? Are you just having people? Well, he's saying like I live with three old. women and they're all vegetarians. Yeah, and yeah, and then Sandy says I'm just happy. You know, he's happy to have beer because it's always Merlot or exactly Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Yep. Um, but then there was a the nice bit at the end where Kirsten comes home and she opens the fridge and there's a beer and Kirsten's like, "You got beer?" and opens one. And is like, "I miss beer." Yeah. Right. It was like, "Yeah, see, this is." That's why Kirsten and Sandy are great and why Jimmy and Julie are disaster. Right. Because if she if he had steak in the fridge, she'd be like, what is this doing in here? Exactly. Um, so anyways, that was kind of a weird one. And then the honorable thing, just that line. Oh, yes. The honorable as thing. As far as. Like, don't marry for love. Marry because having, getting someone pregnant, it's the At honor- 16. Yeah. The honorable thing is to marry them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to wade into that world, but it just is like another little bit of a gender, gender thing. Like Jimmy did the honorable thing or did you both decide to do it? Right. What is it? Uh, those are my hindsights. Um, even just the, the shame of working, maybe that's more of a reality check, but a lot of like labor hate in this episode, Donnie works and it's kind of like pathetic. Um, Ryan is kind of embarrassed that he has a job. And has yeah. to get a job. Um, I don't know. That was just another. Those were. Well, that but was then more also of, the women during the spa weekend kind of give. Not they don't directly give Kirsten any hate for working, but they kind they make a remark that she works a lot. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. That's another. That was another one for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the only one that, to me was more just like yeah, Donnie. Donnie's use. Donnie's language. His use of like. Honeys, I think he uses the phrase <laughs> yeah. honeys to talk about ladies. Um, yeah, yeah, that's oh, Donnie was definitely icky. I mean, <laughs> Donnie was icky, he was icky, he was icky in 2003, but I think he's mega icky in 2021. Yeah, I if I had a party in 2003 and some version of Donnie showed up to my house. I would have been nervous. Like this guy should not be here. (laughs) This guy is making me nervous. I I don't know why, but there's just a vibe about he's going around fist bumping everybody. (laughs) I'm not sure what's going on. (laughs) Um, Fashion, any fashion stuff? I, so one thing I thought was funny was there at the beginning of the episode, there is a scene like Seth and Ryan are talking about, uh, Ryan mentions his that Kirsten bought him a bunch of new clothes because Seth says, says something like, oh, I like your shirt or nice shirt. And he's like, yeah, your mom bought me a bunch of new clothes. She didn't have to. Yep. And then Seth makes a joke like, do you think I could pull off the tank top? Mm. And he's like, no. No, you can't. You can't. And then at the end, when Marissa, he and Marissa are in the pool kind of messing around, mm-hmm. she 
needs dry clothes, I think. And yep. she, she makes a comment like, oh, can I wear one of your tank tops? Be so, I'd be so cool. Yeah. Within five episodes, the show has become self-aware. Yes. It's like a weird little bit of like a, a nod to the audience. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. why does this, what is this up with this guy in tank tops? <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then, I mean, I just really liked, there was a dress that Marissa wears when she's having her date night with, uh, at the Cohen house with, with Ryan. And it's just like this cute spaghetti strap. Of, of course. course. Of course. Spaghetti <laughs> strap. That goes unsaid. Uh, like kind of just below the knee, a line, uh, floral print dress. It's very pretty. And it's also very fashionable right now. Mm. So I, I just like that. that. I like that that trend is coming back. Yeah. I love those dresses, those summer dresses. So Seth, I marked, he had a shirt that just had like three funny, um, not funny, but there were three like grid patterns okay. with dots on them. And it said one grid had A and then B and then C. And then underneath it said, now start a band. <laughs> and I didn't know, I have, I have no idea what it is. So I looked it up and it's still a shirt you can buy for like 30 bucks online um, on spreadshirt.com. Oh, or cool. sorry, 19 bucks, but you can, you can buy it if you want it. It's their most popular shirt um, according to the website, probably because people saw it on the show. Uh, but it looks like it's a, just a ra- kind of like a, th- um, threadless was another t-shirt okay. website where just random t-shirts and random stuff. And it looks like it's got a little bit of a music, uh, theme to it, bunch of music t-shirts, but that shirt stood out to me. Uh, he wore another shirt with he wore the same shirt he had on earlier this season with 78 on it. It's kind of like oh, a yeah, you like pattern. Oh, yeah, you love that one. I like that shirt. And he had it over a button down um, while he was in the driveway explaining to his dad that the Range Rover was destroyed <laughs> in the yes. IMAX theater. Yep. He also just wore a couple great like bomber jackets. I don't even know if they're bomber. They're, they're bo- bomber cut, but they're they were almost like shackets. Oh, I see. I, I think I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. They're like the he just wears them open because he's in Newport. He doesn't need a real jacket right um so i like those and donnie's wristbands also stood out to me captain crunch was the only cereal i saw this week okay keeping track of the cereal Mm -hmm. and then i guess music and then we can go without we can leave with some quotes because i've got some quotes that are still on the table that i just want to read great great. so music i have something there was something with the music that really like bugged me a little bit and it Kind of goes into 2021 hindsight a little. Yep. So this is the scene when they're at the party, the um, the not Newport party. The, the Long Beach. or Yeah, they're in Long whatever, Beach. Whatever, Long Beach party. And, you know, the girl is like half naked and dancing and Seth is ogling her. Um, and the song by Black Eyed Peas is playing, which I always knew it as Let's Get It Started. Oh, you knew song. the clean version, Tiff. And this song that was playing in the show was let's get retarded. Yeah. That's their, that's the, that's the original version. So yeah, that's the album version from what is it? Ella funk or something was the name of that album. Yeah. That uh, they've been on every episode. So a black eyed piece on every. Episode. Okay. So I had to, I had to look it up because I was like, wait, they're saying, I was like, is this song saying let's get retarded. And clearly I didn't own this CD in high school. So I didn't realize that was the original version, but did you know why it got changed to Let's Get It Started? Because it couldn't be a radio edit. You couldn't play no, that anywhere. That actually isn't why, according to Wikipedia. Okay, what did they say? I thought maybe you'd know this. So the album version 
was a was originally only reworked for its use in promotion for the 2004 NBA playoffs on ABC in April 2004. But the new version, so the reason it was reworked was just because it was supposed to be let's get it started for the NBA. For the NBA or or the MLB? Playoff, the playoffs. Oh, okay. Yeah, NBA playoffs, ABC 2004. Okay. Um however, the new version, let's get it started, was so popular that it was given an official single release 2 months later. And it ended up being such a hit it won um best rap performance for, by a duo at the 2005 Grammy Awards. It was also nominated for best rap song. Hmm. So, yeah, All it was it was a promotional it was promotionally reworked for the NBA. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I thought I thought the same as you. I was like it's it's bad. you can't say let's get retarded. But remember in 2003, let's get retarded. Retarded wasn't as taboo of a word as it is now. I think it probably was, but their whole idea is it's let's, let's get silly. Let's get as drunk as possible. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I I didn't know that I didn't know that the the other one was just because they were branding it for the NBA and clearly you can't use that word in, well, in an NBA in an NBA promo. Well, yeah, especially work. when it's for the playoffs, you're trying to get people pumped, not re- not drunk. Yeah, you just wouldn't use that word to Right, like, you wouldn't use that word. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is the song we need to play through yes. the summer, guys. Of course, of course. I know. Of course. April yes. to June, this is the song it's going to be playing on every going in and out of every commercial break. Yes, everyone, girls and boys, ladies and gents, don't use let's get retarded. No, it's not a good word. It That's, should not be used. No. Um, put it away. Put it in the drawer, leave it there. Yeah, forever. Right. In in the time capsule. Yeah, put it in your time capsule and forget about it. And okay, a couple quotes. Um, so my my quote is Donnie at the beginning. He is showing Ryan into the restaurant and he says, Welcome to Newport, where things only appear to be casual. Mm, that was a good line. Um, okay, so some lines that I just liked, not really summing anything up, but I didn't get to mention them yet. At the beginning, Seth and Ryan are talking about money and Ryan's you know, at the point where he's like, I need a job. And Seth says, they're parents. They work for us. <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> I, I missed that. Yeah. Um, Sandy says to Jimmy at some point when Jimmy's kind of surprised that Sandy's willing to help him out um, on the on the law side of things. And Sandy says, I'm a public defender. I represent a lot of people I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one was Seth. Um, going to see Ryan while he's at work mm-hmm. um, to tell him, hey, I got you in a second chance with Marissa. Because Seth went over and apologized to Marissa for right. the party, which I thought was actually another really good scene. Um, and he, and Seth just says, it turns out I'm quite good at getting a date, provided it's not for me. <laughs> just another, <laughs> another just great Seth line. Yeah, um, yeah so that's, uh, that's it. We got my Captain Crunch in there. And... That's episode five. Yeah. It's what a wild five. ride. Yep. We hit our water Here. station. I got my, my goo and I'm ready for another, you know, five or six miles. Tiff. We are energized. Yep. And, or maybe we're just running away from chaos. Yep. We're also going to live, I'm going to relive some painful sports memories in the next couple of weeks uh, with you. Why? Because it's 2003 in September. We're heading into the, to the 
Major League Baseball playoffs. Oh, 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 oh. we're going to talk about real time. We're going to talk about there might be some real time. Uh, it's it's all healed, but it was a dramatic time for me in my in my <laughs> life as a Red Sox fan in 2003. Yeah. Some people know if you know, you know. And uh, if you don't listen next week and the week after, because the baseball playoffs uh, provide a little break for the show in general, which we'll talk about maybe next week. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you go back and listen to our old ones and, uh, and tell your friends we'll be here next week and the week after and the week after and for miles and miles to go. So, so yeah, so watch the OC or rewatch it, watch it for the first time and listen and, uh, we'll be talking at you next week. Yeah, then. We'll talk to you next week. Episode six. Okay. Bye everybody. Bye.